myself, Russell Lee, and as always, the fantastic Chris Bowden. How are you doing, Chris? Mate, I am, I'm doing well, so... Sweet, yeah. sweet. Right, yeah. let, me, let me thank the sponsors, mate. So a massive thank you to CMO Distribution, Schumacher Racing and Will Speed, the companies that keep us in air every week and lovingly throw us some prizes at Christmas. So, waiting in the wings, uh, Chris, uh, would you like to introduce our guest? Yeah, mate, well, you know, nothing but the best for our listeners. So this is our third european a finalist in a row obviously tommy and josh last week but now we have got the 2022 four-wheel drive european champion marcus carup hey you marcus i'm good i'm good thank you good good to hear back from you it's uh it's not been long since we spoke but um you've been a bit busy since then haven't you winning some uh some big titles yeah yeah, of course it has been a bit busy, but uh, yeah, we got to target a little uh, over the week at the Euros. But yeah, good. Yeah. yeah so, um, I mean, let's start from the beginning. Going in, um, what were your expectations for the Euros? How did you think you were going to to get on? I mean, uh, yeah, the main goal was to get in the in final in both classes. Um, of course, we thought it would be a little bit harder uh, on four-wheel drive because uh, at the time the glue regulation wasn't made yet. So, uh, but when that got announced, we had a better chance and we showed it as well. But um, yeah, two-wheel drive, we uh, we had the advantage with the the pro line tire uh, that Tommy found was better. So um, yeah, we had good and high expectation expectations. My dad said. Uh, so, but it went uh, as we wanted to. Maybe it could have gotten gotten a little better in a uh, in two wheel drive. My me and my dad wanted uh, the European Championship there as well, but two a second place overall isn't bad. I guess it was not pretty good. not at your age, young man. It's not it's not bad at all. Um, no, no. We obviously we you know we we were. We, mainly got you on to talk about the four-wheel drive but we must talk about like I say we've already talked about the two-wheel drive in the yep. second leg when you overtook Tommy into the rush in front of the rostrum uh you know you know what I'm talking the corner I'm talking about yeah um, yeah yeah I'm not saying had you planned that move but we'd seen you have a, have a couple of little looks there previous laps uh, had you noticed anything that Tommy was doing different what what made you go for that move when you overtook him I mean, uh, I just think I I thought there was a gap, and uh, yeah, and, and I took it. I mean, uh, I mean, you, it it doesn't get exciting if you don't go for the gap if it opens. Yeah. So I just went for it like uh, I did on Olowski in the U at the US. Yeah. But uh, you don't know if the chance ever gets it's if is it if it ever comes again. I mean. Yeah. Uh, but. He drives. He drives very cautiously and carefully. So it was really hard to overtake him. But yeah, yeah. It, it, we, because we were talking to Tommy about that same overtaking move, and and we were saying it was amazing from then on how much tighter he was at that corner every lap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah, so yeah. obviously, I mean, there's nothing. It's a second place in the two-wheel drive is still a, a fantastic result. Um. And you were running the because obviously there was a, a big mismatch of cars that were all being used. Some people were running the six point three, you yourself and you were running the six point four, and there was a, a couple of people running the the, the point four with the older shock absorbers. And did you have the complete new car? Yeah, we did. We actually had a complete new car. I mean, uh, we actually ran the six point three. Uh, steering blocks and the 6.3 uh, front set I mean but we changed it because we just felt like the 6.4 was better so yeah. we actually yeah. ended up running a complete 6.4 car but um, yeah I mean they ran the 6.3 Tommy and uh, Jamie because they thought that it was easier to handle because they knew the car yeah. they, had, they had known the car for a longer time so I suppose yeah. that's a good point because with you turning up um, not really going to uh, Robin Hood before 
with the, it just made more sense for you to make to, to go with the new car and make it work yeah and I set mean, it up yeah 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 of course That's brilliant so let's, let's go on to four wheel drive then yep um, were you were you shocked when you um when you were so high up in the qualifying uh yeah i mean a little uh but it went pretty good in the practice the time practices uh so the expectations were a, a little higher when we saw what the results how the results came out yeah but uh yeah it was quite shocking that uh seeing a a fall a s fall drive being so high up it was uh was a joy to to drive and yeah watch i guess yeah how how did you modify your front tires? I know you would have put the glue on the side walls, but did you did you take many rows of spikes from off from the tire? Uh, I actually think we did. Yeah, we did the glue, and then on the outside, I think we we did uh, we did what three rows, I think, and two on the inside. Uh, uh, so it's so, so quite a lot of tire gone then. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, we just stick to what we. Yeah, what we yeah. knew from the practice. So, yeah. so yeah. do you want to ask some questions, Chris, about the finals? Yeah, I was just going to ask us. I think the overall consensus, obviously, now knowing that you won four wheel drive, second in two wheel drive, you were quite easily the best driver over the course of that week, over the whole event. Um, but taking the disappointment to obviously come in second, because you were in with a shot of winning. How did you put that behind you and move on, ready for four-wheel drive? Um, I mean, when we got out of the restroom at the last lake, I felt like there was a rush going through. I got more, uh, I got more, uh, yeah, drive to get the win in, in four-wheel drive. Also known that I really love to drive four-wheel drive. And I know that our car has so much more potential than the other drivers has shown. So, yeah, it was it was just I just got more drive from being second. I mean, yeah. so yeah. I mean, from from cause I didn't I, I saw the four wheel drive from you know the YouTube channel, but your cars and Eunice's car look by far the best. You know, over a run. You know the way they were going through the bumps. It was they, they looked really good. You know, and they didn't look um, a handful when you're asking it for a lot of steering at really high speeds. You know, yeah, it was looked really it was, good. Yeah, it was really really good. It, uh, we had we found a really good setup at the end as well. So yeah, yeah it was good. And and you had to take it to the third leg, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I. I just thought about sticking with Bruno all the time and just waited to see if he made a mistake. Yeah. He did. So, so yeah, what was so what, what is that your normal say obviously a, a normal race plan would it be stay behind him up until like the last minute, last 30 seconds and then maybe think about having a having a proper go or No, I mean, I, my strategy isn't like that. I mean, I mean, keep on the pressure. And yeah. he will eventually make his mistake, and yeah. it, it will happen because yeah. it's, it's seen quite often. So, just an aggressive strategy, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, that's a yeah. good way to look at it. I mean, watching it, watching it from um, from obviously the side of the track, it didn't look sort of like Bruno made the mistake because he made the mistake. It looked like he made the mistake because you'd. So I was almost bullied him into it on the track because there wasn't very often that your car was far behind, was there? You were very, very, un, very close to him, pushing him along, really pressurising him. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was pressurising, but I don't. I didn't hit him. I didn't no, hit no, him. no, 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 not hit him. Um, but getting, getting very close to him so that oh. he knew you were there and then that caused him to then make the mistake yeah 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 it was yeah. uh yeah i mean yeah like that i mean uh i pressured him quite a lot around the track i looked inside outside and i mean then i told him almost told him to pick up the pace but uh yeah then he made the mistakes but yeah he's a good driver and i didn't underestimate him so but uh yeah just hold the pressure on him yeah, yeah that's um, and to put that kind of pressure on 
a driver as good as Bruno. That's yeah. some that's some exceptional yeah. racing. The, the world champion in, in that yeah. class. <laughs> you know, let's not forget. <laughs> yeah. No, you drove you drove stunning. You know, you really did well. I bet your dad was happy for you. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, I mean, going into the last corner, almost uh, he cried from there on, and all all the way until we got into the pits. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's class, mate. Yeah. That's class. So, um, obviously, you had the big party and the celebrations on the on the night. Did you do anything yourself to celebrate? Did you go out for a pizza or anything? Or, uh, I mean, we were with the whole AE team. Oh yeah. no, I think we missed. Or did I don't think Yuna came, but I think uh, we we came with the Gregor and uh, the the landing team of course and the uh, Craig Drescher Craig went yeah. and Jesper and Ulrich from Denmark also went. We just uh, yeah we ate at Angels in and in Redford that was our celebration. Perfect. And um, yeah. what was it like getting home? Um, do any of your friends know um, what you've done? Was there a big uh, party waiting for you at the airport when the plane landed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the two good good guys from Denmark, uh, Frederick Hauge and uh, and uh, René Hauge, they came at the airport and surprised us with the Danish flag and uh, and came to hug us. And yeah, it was really that's, that's awesome, really mate. Yeah, it was. It was really good to see. Cool. Yeah. Did you manage to get the trophies back on the plane with you? No, yeah, I mean, we got the second place trophy, but uh, I think uh, Craig Dresser stole the, the the European champion uh, trophy from me. That sounds like that sounds like something Craig would do, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't take the car as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant, mate. So what's, what's next for you then? Uh, I, I don't know. I think we're going to... Put the 110 skills on the shelf and focus on uh, one eight and see if we can either get to the Nordic Championships in Sweden or the Worlds in Spain. Yeah. So one of the two, I think. Yeah. That, that'd be good if you can get to the, the eighth Worlds, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all experience, isn't it? You know, I mean, you still, you know, I say, well, someone your your age, you're still learning your craft, and you know, and, and you're absolutely flying. So you know, it's. And we're very lucky to have you on on the associated team, to be honest, mate. Yeah. So, so well done. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You got any last, got any last questions, Chris? Before we let him go? Um, no, I'm, you know, just well done. Um, thank you. Drove amazingly all weekend, all week, should yeah. I say? And uh, a credit to yourself and your dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, before we let you go, do you want to say thank you to anyone, friends, family, sponsors, anyone at all? Uh, I want to say thank you to uh, the Danish team, uh, the Danish country, uh, for supporting me and uh, my mom and dad, especially my mom and dad, and uh, to Team Associated and Reedy for making the whole trip possible. Yeah. Perfect. That's great. Yeah. Right. I'm going to phone Martin Hadley. Here we go. Thanks for coming on, buddy. You'll have to hang up at your end, okay? Yep. Cheers. See you later. Cheers, Bye, Marcus. Bye. Bye. And it looks like Martin's just popped up. Are you there, Martin? Yes, good evening to the two of you. Evening, mate. How have you been? Not too bad. Uh, Excellent. Cop- Excellent. Coping with the weather, I suppose. Yeah, good to hear. Has it been, has it been hot enough for you, mate? Oh, too, for, too hot. I've been stuck in work, but now i got four days off, so I'm happy. Perfect. Let me give you an introduction, mate. This is Martin Hadley of Keep Your Heart Racing. Um, uh, an organisation, I suppose we'll call you, that um, are trying to get GFIB units into every RC club in the in the UK that is the plan so um, it's, it's going quite well isn't it at the moment yeah well at the moment I've currently got three defibs out there at the moment um, and I've just placed an order for a fourth but we'll talk about that one shortly yeah yeah um, but my main goal is to get as many defibs out there as I can um, I've currently got one which I carried myself uh, to, ev- to every race meet, which I leave at race control. I then got one which is carried by Martin Owen, the BRCA chairman. So that goes to every single national. Um, and then there's a third one, which, as you all know, I've just donated to uh, your, your region. The West Mid region, yeah. 
yeah, in response to what's gone on recently. Yeah, what I think we'll do is we'll go. We're really going to go into depth with the the defibs and your story um, a little bit later on of you know what what made you get into this um, this sort of thing. Um, but what we like to do with all of our guests before we go too off, too far off on a tangent is we like to talk about your history in RC. Okay, so like this is your life. So can you take us back to you know when you first did you start racing or um, your first inklings of RC cars? Right. Um, my first RC car was actually when I was three. Um, my mother went mental. My father thought it was funny. Um, but I didn't actually start racing until I was 11, at which I started racing at club level then yeah. and, and regional level. Uh, I continued on till the age of 16, where I then went into my, what I call, uh, rather long sabbatical. Um, after that, I then started back racing in 2015, I believe it was. Yeah. And I'm s- still at it now. What did you come back with in 2015? In 2015, I came back with a Yorkmore B-Max 4.3. Nice. So in, straight into four-wheel drive. Yeah. Ah, class, mate. Pick the, hard, pick, the, pick the harder class, then. The better class. Yeah. Oh no! So, what was the the racing scene like in Wales as you, as you were growing up? Was there many clubs or? As I was growing up, it was popular. Yeah. Um, our regionals we used to have, have maximum entries. Uh, we had numerous clubs in comparison to what we got now. We had we had Caldicott, we had Newport, we had Oakdale, we had Neath, Swansea, Abergavenny. Saunders for the list goes on. Yeah. Now we are literally we're, we're struggling now. We we have Saunders Foot, Cobra, and Caldicott, which yeah. is my main. So, so we we are struggling. Are Swansea not there anymore? Are they Swansea, Swansea, they do run indoors now and again. Yeah. But but of course Swansea's bread and butter was uh, their eighth track when they were Pembrey. Yeah. But that, that's all stood down now. They're no longer running there, unfortunately. No, that's right. We used to come down there for the micro, and actually it was class. So now and again, they run at the, the micro national. Yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, you, you stuck, you've stuck with 10th quite um, quite regularly, haven't you? I mean, you know, we always used to, used to see you up at Midlands and stuff like that. It, it, yeah, 10th has always, always been my bag. Um Back going years ago, when I was 15, 16, I did have a crack at 1-8th on road. Yeah. Which I thoroughly enjoyed, enjoyed the speed. Um, but then when, after I retired, they, well, or took my sabbatical, should I say. Yeah. Um, I haven't revisited that. But during COVID, when the 8th night road seemed to be picking up quicker than what the 10th was picking up, I... I, I have dipped my toe into the eighth eighth night row. Yeah. So what what card did you get for that? Uh, for all my sins, S works. Ah, uh, cool. You know what? There's um they're picking up quite a following. I say picking yes. up, not like it's recent, but you know, um you know over the last three or four years they've uh, really come on leaps and bounds, mate. You can't you can't I, knock. I them. can't argue with that. Yeah. It's been a brilliant car for me. Yeah. Uh, class. So, are you in a team with um, Guppy? Because they're not all running S-Works, don't they? Uh, um, Steve not, Guppy. Not so much in a team with yeah. Steve Guppy, but oh, certainly I, I have plenty of support with, with Steve Guppy. Anything where I need, Steve, yeah. Steve's always there. Um, I also got Rob West, who lives very locally to me. Yeah. He also, he also runs the S-Works, so he's fast, help me there if I need it. He's super fast, especially on carpet. He's on, he's, <laughs> um, yeah, as well. Yeah, and Rob have some fun. Yeah, the um, you know what, mate, and I'm not knocking you, um, but of all the people I expected to see at the Euros uh, on Wednesday was you, and I don't know why, um, but it was just awesome walking into the tents and see you just there with your car. I'm like, you racing? You're like, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> so uh, it was a, a it was a late entry which which I put in. Yeah. Um, and it kind of rounded off 2019 for me. Yeah. Because I was unable to complete the 2019 U- uh, Nationals. Yeah. With, but by falling ill. Yeah. 
Um, but it was on merit of the 2019 Nationals that I was able to to enter the, the 2022 Euros. Yeah. So I thought it was a, ch- an expe- a, a chance, an opportunity. Yeah. It's which cr- I was happy to take up. Yeah. I suppose it was all about like a bit of a pleasant, in one sense, a pleasant irony from it that you've gone from what happened, obviously, in 2019 all the way through now. Yeah. 2019 is what gave you a good opportunity. I mean, I think, was there many points where we weren't in the same race? The four-wheel drive final, that's about it, I think. Yeah, I think you, <laughs> you just managed to pit me there, didn't you, brother? Yeah. But, you know, um, but no, it was a... It was it was good. It was fun, apart from getting attacked by the flies. Yeah, the, the flies were a nightmare. But I did have a brilliant week. Brilliant week. Were you running? Um, I know you were in Schumacher two wheel drive. Were you running the the four wheel drive Schumacher as well? No, I was. I was being a bit of a tart. Um, so two wheel drive. I was running the Associated B six point two D. Yeah. Four wheel drive. I was running the Yorkamo YZF SF two. Nice. <laughs> so you've got to write mishmash. So no, and then so no, no wonder you didn't have a racist um, branded T-shirt on then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, class, mate. I don't like being tied down to one car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want to... Do you wanna, uh, I mean, we've got to browse this subject at some time. Do you want to talk us through your 2019, I suppose we say season, you know, from your, your races up until to, um, um, your incident? <laughs> Well, some of it's a blur, to be honest with you. I can't remember exactly all of it. Yeah. Um, I can remember two weeks before. I can actually remember com- competing at Mendebubal. Yeah. Um, I believe it was quite a good result. I can't remember. The following week after that, I I was actually pit bitch for. Martin Owen doing the one eighth on road. Yeah. And just after that then was when it happened. That's crazy. I, I remember I remember I can remember Martin Owen talking on 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 his own podcast about um going out. So it's, it's a weird timeline, mate. So so talk us through what happened on the on had you been ill before? Uh, or, or you know, I had, you know what I mean? Or? Hadn't I hadn't been ill whatsoever. Um I had I had no health complaints or nothing. Um, I went to work, finished my, finished my day in work. So I 11 hours in work, walking out to work, walking up the works car park, um, literally 10 foot from my car, just literally collapsed and dropped dead on the floor. Can't remember nothing. Didn't feel nothing. Can't remember nothing whatsoever. Yeah. It was at which point I was fortunate. I didn't get in my car and drive. Yeah. Because I don't know, I well, I could have killed anyone. Yeah. Because I was, I just stopped in my tracks and fell backwards. Um, I was just extremely lucky that the people who were there at the time were there, and they, well, they knew what to do. Yeah. The, I mean, go on. You talked about, you told me a little story at the Euros about sort of, like a personal story about what had happened with your your dad and how you'd bro- you'd broached your employer about having a defib on site and how they'd listen to you um do you want to kind of go into that or yeah i can go into that that's fine um so back in 2014 not 2013 sorry uh, my mother and father went out to grand canaria on holiday um my father unfortunately collapsed he had a he had a massive heart attack um, in the hotel grounds, they waited for they they give CPR and everything, but they didn't have a defib. At the, after all had been said and done, they they basically turned around and said, if he, there was a defib on on site, we possibly could have saved your father's life. But unfortunately, they didn't have a defib on site. Yeah. Um, with that in my mind, I went back to work. And I spoke to my employer, um, and I told them I just lost my father through a cardiac arrest. We've got an aging population in work because there's people. You got people from twenty one up to sixty five. 
Yeah. I said, we, we've got an aging population where in one day someone may want a defib. Yeah. And at some point we are going to want one and we ain't going to have one year. So to be fair, my employer, they, they took they took that on board. They went out and bought one. Yeah. Two, actually. They bought two. And the very first person that defib was to be used on was me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in a way, my father passed in a way. Saved my life. Yeah. So, I mean, how 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 long have defibs been around? Because you know, we talk about 2013. Then and it's something I've not really heard of. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, you, you know what one is, sort of thing. But I never really put a, a thought of how long how long they've been around on the normal for, for, for the public to use. That's just it. If you don't, um, if you've never needed them or never had an experience with one, you yeah. don't see them. Yeah. Now I see them everywhere. Yeah. I I go racing quite often, and I know that I've walked past one on my way in through the door. Yeah. Um, in ledger centres or wherever, and it's clearly it's clearly visible. Yeah. Now I'll say to someone and ask yourselves, "Where's my nearest defib right now?" Or mm. "Where's your nearest defib right?" And they'll say, "I don't know." When they've yeah. literally just walked past one. Yeah. You'll be amazed the amount of people who say, "I don't know." Yeah. But they literally just walk past so it. So when they're on the phone to the ambulance service, or you might not answer this question, if you're on the phone to the ambulance service, have they got like an app and that can tell you where the nearest one is or something? Right, so the ambulance or, service have got, the, so they, they've got their own website and app. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it. But there's actually a, it's something circuit, I can't remember the name of it, you'll have to Google it to, to find out. But if you phone the ambulance service, they will be able to tell you where your nearest defibrillator is. Yeah. Providing that whoever's got the defibrillator is registered there. Yeah. So what my main goal is with getting all these defibs out there is not just that the people having them to take to the racetracks, they also register them. So if one of their neighbours uh, require one and they're on the phone to um, the emergency services, yeah. They will then tell you where the nearest defib is. So yeah, your so nearest three do- defib is that, three is that doors down. number twenty-five, three yeah. doors down, wherever. Yeah. yeah. Which is brilliant. Yeah, it is, mate. It is. But they, they got a big push on at the moment to try and make sure that all defibs are registered. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it um, briefly at the end of the show last week, and I mean the stats for survival if you've got a defib are monumental in comparison to the stats if you haven't aren't they yeah, yeah. It's, well it's not only that it's like, i mean what i think you said as well in, in us we're in the we're in the catchment group for a heart attack aren't we you know what i mean it's yeah. like 35 to 50 and that's like the average age yeah, of people yeah. at the race yeah. i mean I, I know that you've got yeah. the, the kids but you know if you go club racing they're, they're all flipping grown-ups aren't they yeah you know? yeah i mean you look at it and that that is you know 35 to 50 that's the that's the main sort of the main ages and the the scary thing is literally I'm literally I've just entered that you know yeah. it's that's what makes it thinking obviously I had a very similar situation in my personal life to Martin um you know it was my dad went to France never came back I was 21 at the time so it can happen to anybody and we should all be prepared for it really yeah, because you've only got to look at people like Christian Eriksson, the footballer. There's no, yeah. there's no one fitter than the footballer. Yeah. But he still had a cardiac arrest in the middle of the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. You just never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. So what? Uh, so what are your? Um, I mean, fundraising wise for for keep your heart racing. You've got um, obviously you've got the GoFundMe page, which is um, going really well. Um, obviously, you know, you could always do with some extra help from people out there. And you've also got a, a race meeting coming up at Telford. Do you want to, give us, you want to tell us about yeah, that so in seven, on the 7th of August? So surprising to me. I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, to be fair to Telford Club, they've gone away and arranged a, so for all funds from this race meeting on the 7th of August to be donated to Keep Your Heart Racing. So hopefully we can drum up as much interest as we can to get booked in. I believe booking in opens on the 25th of July. And we can get as many booked in and all proceeds go to keep your heart racing. 
That's really so, that's some, brilliant, mate. So, something which I haven't discussed with, with anyone yet, but something which is on my mind is also trying to arrange a, a charity, uh, um, a raffle. Yeah. But I need to speak to someone who might work at CML and stuff like that, Russ. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we can sort something out, mate. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's something else which could drive a bit more, yeah. more money into it. Yeah, yeah definitely. And hopefully people are winning at the same time. It is one of those things. I bet you there's not many people that go toy car racing or listen to this show or, or whoever, however you want to put it, that haven't sort of been touched by that kind of like a, a situation, either by heart attack or cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. There's not many people that don't know somebody, a, a loved one or a family friend that has yeah. been through it. Totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, when... Um... I mean, if you talk a little about Ian, um, I hope you don't mind, Ian. Um, I hope you're getting well if you're listening. Um, when Ian ha- had um, his um, heart attack, I'll say. Um, Got an episode. Um, uh, yeah, his episode. You know, what do you say? What do you say? Um, it's like talking about me- mental health in it. Do you or don't you? You know, you like, uh, uh, yeah. what's the words? Um, and we were stood on the track, and while he was on the court, found to the ambulance, we could see a defib machine on the the wall at the the rugby club, which is like, uh, probably 150, 200 meters away, sort of thing. And yep. they were saying, "Will it be locked?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm sure someone can jump the fence, you know, um, in this situation." And they, they were talking about get, trying to get the code and whatever. Anyway, at that, that's when the, that's when we heard the sirens coming over the hill. Um, yeah. the ambulance had literally just finished a job so it was there within t- three minutes of the phone call going up it was so fast so um, and on, they... I was going to say on that note while you're talking about the code yeah, if and nobody or anybody doesn't know how to get the defib without with the code they've got to dial 999 and the operator will tell them the code to get in yeah yeah, that's what, that, I think that's what they were, they were trying to get the number off the off the ambulance phone. Yeah, uh, so ambulance phone. You know what I mean? When they were on the phone to the the, um, the ambulance the service. Yeah, it is. That's the word. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and like I say, we, but they they um, used the, um, the 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 paddles out to the the ambulance on Ian. Um, you know, but these um, if we would have had a machine, because you were talking to me about the one you donated to the West Mid region. Where yep. you open it up and it literally talks to you and tells you exactly what to do, doesn't it? It will literally tell a ten-year-old child how to do it. Yeah. So there's no fear if you've never received training. You literally open it up and turn it on, and it takes over. It tells you exactly what to do. Yeah. So what is it? When, what happens when you open it? Has it got? Do you have to put the the, the 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 tabs on the chest and stuff like that, or is it just literally the two paddles? Or right. So you will. So in, in the pack which you have, you'll actually have a razor in there. You'll have a pair of scissors, a razor, and some gloves. Yeah. So you cut the clothing off. You then use the razor on a male to shave the areas. Yeah. Um, and then the machine will tell you to stick the pads on, and it but it, it indicates you where to stick them on. Yeah. At the, and never be afraid to stick them on, thinking, but what if he's still alive? Yeah. Because... If there's any form of a heartbeat, if the 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 machine will only go if it needs to. Yeah. So you can't do no damage by putting a defib on someone because yeah. it won't work if it doesn't need to. Well, it's not it's not like you have to press the button yourself, is it? I suppose. It, um, nope. As soon as you you've got the person wired up, I'm like I'm assuming I've never seen one in action. Um, as soon as you got the as soon as you got the pads on there, it'll do it all for, does it all for you. It's all, it does it all for you. Um, it will even count your uh, CPR as well. Yeah. So it'll tell you to, to, to apply CPR. Yeah. But it'll even count for you to to, te- to tell you the beat, the rhythm. Yeah. And, and then it'll tell you to clear, then it'll fire, yeah. and then go back to CPR. Yeah, that's amazing, mate. They are, they are really good machines nowadays. And I think when you say like about, you know, you've never really seen one in action, it's because it's not, with the advent of like lithium and stuff and the lithium batteries, it's only been recently where they've been viable to have yeah, in totally. public yeah. places. Um, before they used to be just big, heavy things that ambulance drivers had to carry. Yep. But now obviously they're not there. They're, yeah, they're about the same size as your anybody. handbag, isn't they, Chris? You what, mate? They're about the same size <laughs> as your handbag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, 
Well, the, the, the actual battery, which, which powers the ones which, which, which I'm purchasing, are about the size of a, 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 a 2S stick pack. Yeah. They're literally that small, the batteries are. Can you run, but, it, on, can you run it on 4S? <laughs> <laughs> but they, they're still giving you 3,000 uh, 3, volts. Yeah. They're giving you a shock at 3,000 volts. That's mad, isn't it? That's unreal. But it is. These things are what are needed, obviously. Yeah, totally. One saved your life already, Martin. Luckily for us, we were very close to losing Ian, but one of them saved his life. Yep. Um, it was, it, and it's not just the defib which saved my life; it's also the people who were there, and very much the same for Ian. Yeah. Um, the guys who, who worked on me, they were there for about thirty. Well, the ambulance service were there for thirty-three minutes, where yeah. there was no response. Um, and then it, it was about seven minutes getting there, so I, I was, I was a good forty minutes um, in arrest. Yeah, I was just extremely lucky, and I've kept the quality of life which I got because of the people who were there giving the CPR. Yeah, and believe it or not, the one guy isn't a isn't a first a first aider for work. He's actually a first aider because his son play, plays under tens rugby. So, but you haven't got to be a first aider to have a go. If you were there on your own, you're better off having a go. <laughs> you know what, Darren Malt, who was doing the, the chest compressions on Ian, he said exactly yep. that to me. Well, I saw him the next night, he, he, he popped around for something. So I gave him a hug and said, you know, thanks, mate. You know, you, you did a fantastic job. And he was exactly the same with what you just said there. If you if you you got to try and do something, you can't just if you do nothing. That's worse than than if trying you, to do something. Yeah, if you do nothing, they're gonna die. Yeah, you're better off doing something, and hopefully you do you're doing it somewhere near right. And you were, because that's all you're doing is moving around oxygen, oxygenate the blood in the body by yeah. by you're pumping it around manually. Yeah, uh, that's a cool one. So what's next for you then? Um, are, are you have you? Are you going to try and get some nationals in this year? Um, I may try and get the odd one in. I'm kind of struggling at the moment with work. Um, so obviously the missus wants to go on a holiday, and I've used a week up with the Euros. So if I'm off work, I may try and squeeze one or two in, but there's not many left, neither is there. Yeah, um, no. Other than that, I've then got the Revival. Up in Broxdale. Yeah. I'm doing that. What, and what car are you running at the, at the Broxdale Revival? So at the Broxdale Revival, I'll be using a Lossy Double X and then a Cat 2000. I tell you ne- what, ne- those, I've, I've seen some quite expensive Lossy Double Xs on Facebook Marketplace over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They are pulling the money now, mate. I was extremely lucky with the one with which I just purchased. Yeah. A very good friend of mine done me a very big favour. Yeah. Um, and then the Cat 2000, obviously. Neither of which are my um, original cars. But I do actually have one my, one original car. And I bought it off someone very friendly deal. Well, to the two of them. Who's that? Mr. Jason Green. Princess. Oh, yes. Uh, what cars did you get off him? Uh, Lossy Double X Four. Oh, back in the day when he had back the shop. Back in the day, yeah, when he had JS Racing. Princess. I'd just like to point out that I actually beat him on Sunday. So. Did you? Yes. Are yeah. we going to hear the end of that? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let that one go. He was unlucky, man. He was unlucky, but he wasn't fast enough. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, that's class mate that's class so have you got any vintage cars um, when I said you had one that one did you keep anything else or did it just all go by the wayside or right so the only car which I kept was the double X4 yeah but during Covid I kind of got an itch to try and replace all my cars yeah so from my first racing career um, I managed to do it but they're not all running yet so I, I, I started off with a Super Sabre, the Tamiya Super Sabre. Yeah, yeah. So 
So I managed to get my hands on one of them fully restored. Then I went to the Cat XLS and it just fell on my lap that the the re re come out. Yeah. Um. Then the Pro Cat. So I managed to replace my Pro Cat. And then the I would jump to the Cat 2000, the Cat 2000 EC then. So I managed to purchase them. Um. And then I moved, and then I still had the Double X4, obviously. So I re- I oh, all my vintage cars I've managed to replace. That's crazy, mate. Have you managed to race any of them yet? Um, the double X four I run at the last Brockstow revival. Yeah. And I also raced the Cat XLS once. Class. And and that went back in the yeah. box. I was <laughs> you know what, I was watching um at they had a vintage heat and the, on on Sunday. Um well they had Vinci two and four wheel drive and there was a the Okomo dogfighters there. Um and I was like, what, what, who are all these? Like, apparently there's an iconic meeting or something <laughs> there soon. Um, yeah. Or one of those one of those sort of vintage meetings. Um, and these Yokomos, obviously they were in Brushless and Lipo. My God, they were flying around. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were good cars when, when they were back yeah. in the day. Yeah, they were so fast. I mean, Keith but, Keith was running his B3. And I ain't yeah. joking, it was the fastest thing down the straight all day. <laughs> I don't know. It was probably because you had the drive coming onto the straight. Yeah, it was, it was it was from some really you know some really nice race cars out there as well, isn't that? I mean, I know everyone likes a, a shelf queen. Um, yeah, there's some real nice runners out there that people are, are racing, which I think is awesome. And the money people are spending on it is ridiculous. It's it's vulgar, isn't it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but they keep but but well, we keep spending it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, Don't tell the missus. We, you deserve it, mate. Martin. That's the way I look at life now. You That's the way I look at life. You deserve it, mate. You know what I mean. I, Totally. Tell me I deserve it as well, and you, Chris. You, you deserve <laughs> it, Chris. I'm not, I'm not giving you any encouragement. I'm not so sure about Chris, though. Yeah. No, I don't. Nah, that's, that's my... I don't. Have you, have you, can you remember out of all years of racing, your most memorable race? It doesn't have to be a win of an A final. You know, have you got a race that really sticks in your mind that you you, um, you, you enjoyed? I'm not so sure. That's one question I really would need to think about you're not going to say our epic battles at the the Euros this year or when when me and you went to battle at Cardiff that winter winter series no you come come out on top of that one so no not that one I think you you won the second final mate (laughs) did I? yeah there was three finals and we had a a, no no, you won the first one I think I don't know anyway yeah there was three finals and you won one of them I can't remember. Broke my hundred percent streak down there, man. Just broke my heart. I, I wiped that one out my, my memory. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd wipe one out my memory if I got beat yeah. by Russ as well. Yeah. I, you <laughs> know he what, drove mate? well. It's he a, drove it's, well. It's, it's, it um, couldn't have been Russ then. It's a good club. I t- Chris, I don't know what it is. There's there's a certain type of EOS that I thrive on, and I can't tell you what it is from track to track. But that stuff down there is my bag. I, I don't know why. I just that that the way that carpet's worn or whatever. It's that carpet that I, 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 um, I like. So you know yeah. my opinion on carpet racing. Let's yeah, not if, get me started. If um, fuel prices come back down a bit, mate, I was because um, obviously we were I was planning to bring Bruce down there because you had a because yeah. the Cardiff got a full hit of juniors. So rather yep. than him, you know, like Sunday he was he was <laughs> he was racing and there was another kid his the same age as him, and everyone everyone else was thirty five plus. In his race, you know what I mean. Yeah. He's racing grown men. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not much fun for no, men, is it? No. So, um, he's beating them, huh? Sorry. So, yeah, when he's beating them, he's, 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 yeah. right, well, he's having the right crack. Yeah, he came fifth, I think. But um, anyway, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, yes, yeah, so, because Cardiff, we were on about coming back down to do the winter series again. Um, but with the price of fuel, I don't think we might be making all of them. Yes, so, getting ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. It'll, but, be cheaper, but, it'll be cheaper to buy nitro fuel soon. Speaking of nitro fuel, did you see any of the, the Euros at the weekend on that, that I, um, dirt track kind of I didn't get to watch all of it. Did you see any of it, though? Yes. They were running on 16%, 16%. nitro. Yeah, I could know. You, could you tell any difference? No. They were all so fast down the straight. So fast down the straight. You know. I couldn't tell no difference. No. I know it's quite funny because I watched the whole whole I say a whole lot. I watched a lot of the racing, you know, when I when I, when I could, 
um, especially on the finals days. Um, and I'd, but I didn't know they were running 16% until a couple of days later when I read it in someone's race report. Yeah. So, but I don't, know, I don't know what impact it's going to have on the engines because no. it's obviously going to be a different tune. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Clancy was saying they just put, you just, or was it Elliot Boots? One of them was saying you just change the shim and it's fine. Um, yeah. Because we were talking, oh, yeah, it must have been Elliot because we were talking about his engines, weren't we? It's, um, right. Yeah. You've lost me. I didn't understand a word of that. It's nitro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, just a quick one, mate, before we ask you um, the famous questions. What yep. did you think of that surface? That was um, it was like a, it was like a concrete racetrack, wasn't it? I know it was dirt, I, but it was so hard packed. It was so hard. Yeah. No, no movement in it or anything. You know, it was, like, it was more like a. Um, uh, what did Lee Martin describe it as a, su- a supermoto track, <laughs> but without the tarmac sort of thing? Because it didn't give off no dust or nothing. No, no, no. It was amazing. No. And the way it rubbed it in, you know. I didn't see did much. It? I haven't watched much, but I heard there was a lot of good praise for it, wasn't the, there? Uh, don't get me wrong. The track for me, the track was awesome. The way they'd built, put it out and the the elevation changes, the jumps, the uh, the red inlay. You know what I mean? It just looked a million dollars. You know, you like, if I want to go, if, if that was down the road, you wouldn't go anywhere else, would you? <laughs> you just be and there re- every Saturday and every Sunday. Yeah, and they repaired it with like a PVA glue, was it? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To fill the squaring with it, it was rock yeah. hard. Yeah, it's crazy. So fair play, don't they? They done a good job of the track. Yeah. Cool. All right, mate. Time for the famous questions. Um, what is your favourite track? You've ever been to UK abroad? Anything? My favourite track, I think, the well, a new one to me, and that's Brockthorpe. I think. Oh, okay, good choice. Good choice. I'm gutted to you that well, it may be its demise. I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's hope heard, we can I've, recover it. Yeah, I've heard we'll a couple. Of, I've heard a couple of different things. I hope they can they can make it through um, and keep the the club going. I've, I think I've been there. I've only been there. Um, two or three times myself um, but never in the, the dirt I'd been before when it was Astro I'd never raced there since it's been dirt track um, uh, and so, and I, I've only raced here since it's, since it's been dirt yeah it's, it's a class venue, class looking venue mate cool but I need I need this uh, pressure out, out as well for an indoor track as well yeah go on then um, the tracks which you find down at um, Torbay Racing so yeah so down with Dan, Dan Arden, down in Torbay. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. That's the, You know what? That's that same carpet I like to race on as well. <laughs> the same. That's the same bit of wear on it, bit of fluff. Yeah. 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 I love the tracks down there. They're nice flowing. They're fast. Yeah. And they, I tell you what, they really go to town on the um, the corners as well, don't they? Because they always have like a race section or a jump yeah. up on, you know. Yeah. Good, so big good shout out to Dan Arden yeah. and the boys down there. Yeah. You know, because they're right by the sea, Chris, they actually use, they don't use hose, they use fish, big fat fishing ropes for the for the track pipes. They were, they were using that up at the it's, Durham Club for a while, weren't class, they? It's mate. It's really good stuff. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Because for me, it lets the track evolve through the day because, you know, it kind of gets pushed around sort of thing. <laughs> um, you know, by the end of the day, the chicane's not quite a chicane sort of thing, but it just evolves yeah. through the day, doesn't it? You know, yep. yeah, I love that because the, the finals are normally so easy to draw. <laughs> Class. Yeah. Well, do you want to ask the next one, Chris? Yes. Yeah, so, you've obviously had a, you've got loads of vintage cars. You've had a load over the time, loads of different classes. What would be your, uh, your favourite car you've ever driven? Favourite car I've ever driven? Procat. Good choice. Ah. Okay. If if I go the yeah Procat, I'd say. Mm. Do you think it was better um, with a longer wheelbase? Yes. Made a massive um, difference, didn't it? I don't think I could ever replicate with the Procat where I got now. I don't think I could ever replicate what I had back then. Yeah. Same here. I, it, my my <laughs> old Procat was amazing. Yeah. I, remember, I don't think I could replicate it. I can remember mine had model motorsport diffs and a lay shaft, and it had yep. like a, uh, the motor got motor plate side guard. It was like finned. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I remember all that. Yeah. But I can't remember what that was called, but yeah, but yeah, that was there the days, man. There the days. But if you're talking modern, I'm going to say 2019 X-ray XB4. Yeah. 
the cheetah car. The, uh, the, yeah. the 18 was the cheetah car, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Was it the 18 or not? I think it was the 18. So, so I don't mean that's not a disrespectful term, Martin. It's basically the car was that good that everyone said they were cheating. It, that's, it was where, that's where it came from, it with was the cheetah phenomenal. car. Yeah, good car. I'm, I'm just, I've still got mine, but it's worn out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, class man alright mate um, thank you very much for your, um, your time and you know and good luck um, with Keep Your Heart Racing we'll do everything we can to um, to get the word out there for you as well with our you know our limited audience you know um, so yeah um, thanks for coming on uh, before we let you go do you want to say thank you to anyone friends, family sponsors anyone at all well my main thank you I want to say is to everybody who's donated already um because I've had some amazing donations previous to the Euros. Um, since the Euros, I've had I've had an influx uh, influx of uh, donations from far and wide. Yeah. Um. I I don't even know a lot of the people who who uh, donated, so I'm more than happy with that. And I also received a rather large donation yesterday. I, w- I wouldn't say the name because I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I want to I wanna thank that person. And I also want to, well, thank you to everybody who's already donated. Cool, and to anybody who considers donating in the future. Perfect. Um, have you got anything else to say, Chris? Uh, no, all I'm going to say is I'm going to repeat it last night. If you've donated, like Sam as Martin said, thank you. If you haven't donated and you want to, the link it will be all over our page. If you want to do something yet yeah, in the current climate, a donation isn't isn't possible. Please share the link as far and wide as you can so that more people can do it. If you have donated, again, please share the link as far and wide as you can. Um, you know, even if we get an extra five or ten pounds, that might be the difference between another another defib or not. And at the end of the day, it's the difference between saving another life or not cool and hopefully they never get used yeah but, yeah. but they're there cool. if they yeah. need to be they are something that we'd rather spend the 700 odd pound on for them to sit there and rot away is the best thing but if you need them we want them there as well you got anything else you want to say mart yeah i just want to add a special thank you really um okay so since obviously we returned back from the Euros and the awareness has been been back about the defibs, um, I'd like to say a bit of a special thank you to Southport Club. Okay. Because they've actually got they they've come to me, um, asked me how much the defibs are, and they've actually gone away and, pur- and purchased one for the for their own club. Yeah. So rather rather than their region having one, now they go one at their club. Yeah. So, so if any other clubs out there with who who got a bit of spare cash who would be interested in that, just drop me a line. Drop drop me a line and, and let's see what let's try and get you one sorted. Cool, brilliant. Um, I, 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 that might well uh, well thank you for your time and, and let you go, buddy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Cheers, thank you very much. You'll have, you'll have to hang up at your end, Mark. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Thanks a lot, boys. Right, I'll see you back side, bye. Yeah, bye. And he's gone. Thanks for coming on, Martin. You were you were really good to talk to you, mate. Cheers. And like I say, we'll do what, do the best we can to to um, help out with with sharing and, and pe- getting people to donate for you. So anyway, mate, it's on to the it's on to the big hitters. Well, it's big to, hitter because oh. I didn't go racing today. Because uh, unfortunately, I'm having my bathroom done, yeah. and in order to get to my racing gear, I would have had to have moved a whole <laughs> bathroom suite. So. <laughs> Yeah, I fair. wasn't racing this weekend. No, um, you didn't miss much, mate. Well, you did actually. You missed me performing out my boots again. Um, I know it was only a little clubby, but um, yeah, it was really good. You know, apart from the heat, I, I really struggled. I really struggled yeah. with the heat, mate. Yeah, because uh, there was just no shade at all. Um, even in the tent, it was just red. It was roasting hot, you know. So, but yeah, uh, I'm, I don't need to tell you the full story, but uh, cut a long story short, I had um, two sixth in rounds, which put me tenth. Nice. You know, yeah, all, all, it's quite fun actually, because all, all day I was like, oh, what, 
be all right in the B because you know, there's loads of people more speed. Because historically, if I ever make the A, it could have been still normally just flipping draw around on my own, back to not. You know what I mean? There's a massive yeah. difference between the front and the back. Um, but yeah, there was a there was a massive pile up on the first lap, and every car in front of me got taken out up until second place. So there was so on the second corner at the end of the inner straight, I, w- I went from tenth to third. <laughs> Oh Smash! I'll tell you what it was the closest I've been to the apex all day, <laughs> all day. Uh, yeah, and I got into third, but obviously that was well out of my depth, so I ended up settling in around fifth, um, which I managed to um, finish, hold that to the end of the race. So you know what, mate? And I, and I only got lapped by Ben Pugh. Normally, well, normally, bad, normally the top two or three normally lap me. Um, so yeah, so um, from tenth to fifth was I was very happy with. Um, got to talk a bit about Bruce. You'll love this. Any? Uh, hold on, hold on. Any any uh, big names that you beat though in the A? You know me, mate. Humble to the end. But thanks for bringing it up. Um, yeah, the, behind me there was um, Roger Mills and I said big names. Jason Green. He, was, he, he was like fifth at a Euros once, man. Um, yeah, but he's too busy polishing his princess crown uh, You and the Welsh guy McCulloch. I bet him as well. Yeah. Um, I, I know you. I know you know his name when you're just sitting there. You know me like you and you and Jarman. You and Jarman. That's it. Yeah, we had to, actually, mate. We had some good battles all day um, through qualifying. Worked together. Yeah. Just uh, kept, you know, because um, we we were both around the same pace. Sometimes he was faster. Sometimes I was faster. But yeah. it just worked. Yeah. So we were both lucky to be in the in that heat. Yeah, I do um, quite like racing against um, against you, and you know, because yeah. although he's a similar pace. Yeah. Um, it's very like it's very rare that sometimes you get a driver you can kind of trust. Well, that's it. You know what? I, I say this all the time. I know, you know, let's face it, we're never going to be fifth world champion at our level, are we? You know no. what I mean? We're never going to be regional champion. But there's sometimes when, what all makes sense with this with RC racing for me is when you're driving around with someone that's the same speed as you and you're actually in a race, you know what I mean? And, like, you're not hitting them, they're not hitting you, and, you know, you can go side by side through corners and, and, and you know what I mean, just do lap after lap, um, it's, you know, and when it's like that and you're racing, it's just class, mate. Honestly, you know what I mean? It's absolute class. So, uh, well done, you. Don't get any faster and don't get any slower. Cheers, mate. Yeah. If, if you listen, I don't know. Yeah, if you could um, just stay <laughs> exactly the same speed as yeah. us, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, or a little bit slower. Um, so, no, yeah, it was good. I know, like I say, it was only, it was only a clubby. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a good day, mate. It was a good day. Uh, do you want to hear about Bruce? Go on, because that's, uh, that's the big hit. It really, is, yeah. It? Um, yeah. He, uh, I think there was like 30, there was 32 people there. So they had two finals of 11 and the A final was 10. Uh, and he qualified sixth in the bottom final, so like seven cars behind him. Um, he went round on the first corner. There was a big crash. He got up into into second place, um, yeah. held that for like two corners and rolled over, um, and ended up in like fifth. Um, and in his final, he he came off the rostrum uh, and he was so upset. He was like, What's the matter? Oh, I didn't win. I said, "But mate, you you were driving epic here, but I didn't win." And then I'm trying to explain to a seven-year-old that I've, you know, he's just not supposed to driven, but raced the best I've ever seen. Um, him in fourth place, who was a guy who was like, like I say, probably about 35, 40 years old. Um, he was side by side with his car for the last two minutes of the, of the race, and you know, at their own level, you know, they were absolutely screaming round, and I'm, I'm just. You know, standing there with um, just watching him go around. I'm like, man, this is awesome. You know, I'm so proud. Um, and he come off the rostrum and he was so upset <laughs> that he hadn't done well. And I'm yeah. mate, that's the best I've ever seen you race, without a doubt. You know, you were absolutely flying. Oh, no, oh, I'm not happy. So, anyway, the guy he'd been racing with come down and was trying to console him as well. And he was like, you know, too grown up, sort of telling him how, how well he'd done. He was having none of it. Um, but yeah, I, I was really chuffed with him, mate. I was really chuffed with him. Yeah, so no, he's, uh, he's coming along in here, but at that age, you never think you've done well unless you win. I remember well, this is it, and uh, the, this, uh, this is what I was trying to tell him as well. The worst thing about RC racing in your early days is as you get better, you might find you've missed the, this final. You qualified tenth in the final above, 
So yeah. then you've got to try and get to the top of that final to try and win it over time. And then when it's time to be like at the top of the, the D instead of the E final, you might miss that and get straight up into the C. So unless you're winning the day, you know, you've got to be pretty lucky to win a final, you know, and yeah, um, yeah because mean, of how many, you know what I mean? Because of where, where, where you might qualify or where you might end up. Yeah, the only way I can kind of maybe relate it back to is, do you remember when like you were a kid and you used to do, like a winter series at like your local club, Dudley? Yeah. And like every final had trophies for first. Yeah. And I remember once I was only young and I hadn't quite done it. And I'd put one of my, my best run of the day, I put in on my last run. And it jumped me up from pole in the one final, pole in like, say, the D final. Yeah. or whatever it was, to like 10th in the sea. Yeah, we don't get a trophy there, yeah. <laughs> and I was devastated. Well, that's what, this is what I'm trying to get on with Bruce, that, you know, the, the whole, as you get better, you, you, you're going to be missing going up final, so it's always going to be tricky, you know. Yeah. And nobody could sort of console me for the fact that it was like, you know, but it doesn't matter what you do now, you can't be any, you can't like go any lower. You you are, you can only get better didn't yeah. care not one bit yeah i wanted a trophy and that yeah. was to say i but thought i'd have won that final the good yeah good thing is that's what i'm saying about the enjoyment of, of racing you know like i was saying I'd, I'd have been happy if i was in the b and um, because i would have been in, you know racing with all my mates rather than driving around on my own sort of thing you know so yeah but now it was class mate it was a really good day apart from it was so hot that um can i tell you my my, my tent story it's it's, uh, it's probably not funny at all but it's, it's interesting Go on, man. you know i've got that like um carmen pop-up shelter thing yeah well it was so hot there was no shade I mentioned this earlier so i took the cover off it um and i put it on the floor and I, for some reason i had jeans i don't know why and a black t-shirt and i was sweltering and i was like you know i'm a big lad i was struggling a bit and I'm looking at these um, tent poles I've got to take down. I'm looking at the, the thing. I'm like, oh, God, I, I really don't want to do this. Um, so I took all my tent poles down, put them on the floor, and I picked the awning cover up, and I'm like, oh, I just launched it in the back seat of the car, <laughs> just pushed it down behind the back seat and closed the door. And I went to pick the poles up, and they were all, they were burnt, not, not, not burning my hand, but you know when something's really hot because <laughs> yeah. of the sun? I was like, oh, God. Yeah so, yeah, so I just launched them in the boot as well. When I thought I'd slam the boot down. <laughs> I'm like, that's yeah. it, Bruce, we're going. He said, what about the tent? I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> I can't remember what I did. I sorted, I did I sorted it out at like nine o'clock on the night, man. It was horrendous. Yeah, um, there was some. There was somebody I did it to, and um, the hottest race I've ever been at was Robin Hood, a national, my yeah. first ever visit yeah. there. And um, it, I think Paul Worsley had like tempting the track, and the track, the Astro was like fifty-one degrees. Yeah, I, I, like I, I worked that weekend, and I was at Donington, and the tarmac was melting. We were sat on the floor doing doing brake checks on cars, you know. And the and the tarmac was melting around us. We were yeah. like sticking to the tarmac. Um, yeah. Well, the irony of it was we've talked about him tonight. <laughs> Ian Lipley, and um, there was something on the table. I said, "Hey, mate, pass us that." I think it was a pair of scissors. Thought, yeah, mate, pass us that. And of course, we weren't under any shelter. And he went to went to pass them, and he picked them up. And I knew what I'd have done. And he picked them up and burnt his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. So. Yeah. So that's it. So we were looking at going practicing this weekend um, at Kidderminster, um, but I think it's going to be too warm for for Bruce, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you need that the problem is, I always think about myself. Oh, I'll be all right. You know what I mean? I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll be in the rostrum or I'll, I'll get shade. But when you, but he just runs around in it, mate. He's wild. You yeah. Know? So yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what see what it's like. We'll see what it's like. Shame, really, because it's best. You know, the track's awesome when it's drying it, like, like as in dry for a couple of days. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, you're going on holiday tomorrow, aren't you? No, I'm going on holiday Saturday morning. So oh, sorry, well, um, yeah, it will be like tomorrow by the yeah. time people listen to this, mate. Cheers. Yeah, there will um, be. A, I'll, edit, uh, I'll edit it out. I'll never know. Um, <laughs> well, it won't because you'll release it on a Wednesday night, and I don't go on holiday till Saturday morning. Yeah, we'll sort that out. That's fine. Don't yeah. swear. I'm leaving it in. Um, yeah. Okay, so that means I'm. I've got. Co- I'm going to find need, cover you for need, you for you two need to weeks. Find cover for two weeks. And I've got to find guests. Well, I've got a guest for the first week, and I've got cover for the first week. So yeah. we'll see. It'll, it'll all be fine. It'll all work out right on the night, mate. You know me. I just wing it like I normally do. Yeah, um, yeah. that's the good thing about these podcasts, isn't it? You got anything else you want to say before you thank the sponsors? Uh, no, mate. I can. Uh, I can move straight on the sponsors. Apart from the fact, let's just. 
um, reiterate about the the defib donation link like i say if you can't donate please don't feel pressured it's not about trying to force money out of people that haven't got it um if you can share please share if you can donate please donate and let's see if we can make as many of these defibs around the country for us as we can amen amen north that the sponsors mate yeah so that's uh thank you to cml distribution schumacher racing and will speed racing christmas is coming up rapidly guys so get liking and sharing it and you could be in for a chance to win uh some prizes from these sponsors and uh, they're always good prizes and they're always very generous and they keep us on air so give them a hit give them a look perfect and i'll say thank you to the listeners guys thank you very much for getting involved with our car crash podcast i don't know if you could tell but this actual episode wasn't one take it was recorded in three parts if you can tell us where you know you won't get a prize or nothing but it'd be fun to hear from you in the messenger that's it thanks for listening you're all wonderful enjoy yourself as, as we spoke about tonight you never know what's around the corner so live your best life and and, and do what you can for your family that's it we're done Chris you're a you're a wonderful man look after yourself mate and I will see you in a couple of weeks but I'll probably take the piss out of the internet before that but I'll, I'll see you face to face at the regional in a couple of weeks yeah perfect so, see you later but have a good